You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hey, you're listening to episode 71 of the Blended Family Podcast. Before we get into today's topic, a couple of things first. I've already received some questions from you for the upcoming listener question show. If you want your question answered on the show, you've got to get those to me within a couple of days. Or if you're late, no worries, I can save them for the next one I do so you can still send them anytime. Also, I did add a PayPal donate button to my site. As you know, I don't monetize the site. I don't have sponsors. And even though it doesn't cost me a ton of money to put out the show, it does cost me a lot of time. So that's time away from my other job and my family. You definitely do not have to donate. But if it's something that you want to do, you can now. Any amount helps. And again, only if you feel it in your heart to do it. Please don't feel obligated. If you're looking for the button, it's not on the main page of the site. The way it's set up, it's on every other page. So any page that you click, such as the contact page or the about page. And of course, that's on blendedfamilypodcast.com. That's how you donate. And last... I got a great email from a listener today that I really want to share with the rest of you. Most of the time, your emails are pertaining to problems you're having in your blended family, which is fine, and it's what I expect, really, but this one is actually about a blended family win, so let me read it. It says, Melissa, I just wanted to share my wonderful experience last night with my stepson's mom. I had noticed some signs of lack of communication between me and my husband and his ex-wife. I'm the planner in my household, but he wasn't relaying those plans to mom, and mom was getting frustrated as well. After four years of this, I decided to go straight to the source and invited mom to dinner. Turns out we have both been on the same page for years, just my husband is not good at communication and was not a good liaison between both families. We discussed everything from wanting to stay consistent with homework to behavioral issues and how to deal with them to planning stepson's calendar. We set up a plan for the future and agreed to be open with each other to benefit the child we share together. I cannot even begin to explain how I felt leaving that restaurant. It was like a huge weight off my shoulders. I'm so happy and grateful to be at this point with my blended family that we can all communicate and be on the same team. I know it's not that easy for all blended families, and I also know that it doesn't mean that the rest of our lives will be perfect coexisting. But it was a step in the right direction and one that I'm very proud of accomplishing. We are going to have a new baby in the house in September, and it gives me peace to know that our households are happy ones. So I really enjoyed receiving that email. If any of you have something positive happen in your blended family that you want to share with us, please send it in, and I'll read it on the show. I think it's encouraging and it's good for all of us to know that it's not always negative stuff in a blended family. There are moments that make us feel so good, and that's why we decide to keep at it. Okay, moving on. Today's topic is how to be a peacemaker in your home. What does it mean to be a peacemaker? Well, a peacemaker is a person who helps to prevent or stop an argument or a fight. So, Think of your blended family. 
Who is the main peacemaker in your home? Is it you, your partner, one of the kids even? Usually there's one in every home. In my home, it's me. I've actually always been that kind of person my whole life, and to me, it comes pretty naturally. You probably already know this about me if you're a regular listener. I'm always trying to smooth things over and make everyone get along. And I might be a little to the extreme, but that's just how I am. Some of you may be like me, others may be the opposite, and many of you fall somewhere in between. So think about where you fall, and if this is an area you struggle in, or if you'd like to work on it a bit. Now, why would you want to become a peacemaker in your home? Well, it's always good to know how to minimize conflict. Conflict is never good in a family. And disagreements are fine, and we can't expect everyone to get along all of the time. But as we know, blended families can have some conflict, some fighting, some problems, more so than traditional families. Wouldn't you want to know how to best diffuse those situations and be the one in your family to help create peace? Think of how you'll feel. Imagine a home, a family filled with peace. It will never be perfect. We're all human. But if you're in a high conflict family now, imagine how it will feel to just minimize that some. Imagine the tension leaving your body. Imagine not being on edge all the time. Now imagine that you can create that environment. You don't need to be a therapist to create this. You can do it all on your own. And I know because I have helped my family to be more at peace. And I did it because I was tired of the fighting and I was tired of the tension myself. So let's talk about ways that you can create peace in your home. Remember, if nothing changes, nothing changes. Someone has to make an effort to get things moving in the right direction. So the first thing that's important is to stop fighting. When you're dealing with fighters or with people who are confrontational, your first impulse is to fight back, but that's only going to escalate things. You have to make a decision to not fight back, which doesn't mean you lose. You may feel right and maybe you are right, but when you fight about it, no one is going to budge. Switch to communication instead, which is simply talking about the issue without raising your voice, without being defensive. If the other person can't calm down even after you do, then you say, look, let's talk about this later when we can both be calm. And this is something you need to teach the kids too, how to not yell at one another when they get upset. And at first, you'll need to facilitate this by being there and helping them along. Remind them to lower their voice. You can help them by having them explain their feelings to the other person or teaching them how to communicate what they want out of the situation. One of the main parts of this is teaching them to listen and to be a good listener yourself so that when someone is telling you calmly how they feel, you listen without talking over them. And when you learn to communicate well without fighting, you'll notice that things will become much easier and conflicts will get resolved much quicker. The next thing you need to know and teach your family is how to accept responsibility and learn how to apologize. This can be very hard for some people to do. No one wants to admit they're wrong and lots of people just can't say sorry. 
but this is one of the easiest ways to diffuse any conflict. Think about it. You can be so angry at someone, but when they tell you, I'm so sorry that what I did hurt you, will you please forgive me? Well, it's hard to say no to that, right? Of course, you don't need to apologize if you've done nothing wrong, but if you did do something wrong, then yes, you should. Stop worrying about your pride. Isn't the relationship more important than pride? Also, keep in mind that even though one person feels as if they did nothing wrong, the other person still does. So that is where that communication comes in. You may need to hear the person out and try to see where they're coming from. And even though you think or know that you're not responsible, would it really hurt to just tell that person you're sorry anyway for the thing they feel that you did? You can say, that wasn't my intention to make you feel that way. It's not an admission of guilt, but if it helps squash the issue, then it's worth it to just say it. It'll make the other person feel better. Next tip, become empathic. Kind of goes along with the last one a bit. Being empathic means you can understand what the other person is going through, feel how they must feel. It means to think about someone else besides yourself, to think about their feelings, not just your own feelings. Sometimes we get caught up in how we feel, but we really need to stop and think about how others feel. And when someone knows that you actually care about the way they feel, then they feel understood, which will calm down anger very quickly. Another thing we need to do is to make an effort to meet the needs of others. Many conflicts in the blended family come from people not getting what they want or what they think they need from someone else. After you communicate with a family member about a particular issue, then you will hopefully have a grasp on what they need from you. So you want to make an effort to meet that need for them or compromise with them as best you can to ensure that they feel their needs are being met. There are lots of situations when blending families where family members feel unhappy for so many reasons. Children especially. They may feel like they're getting less attention or they may be jealous of a step-sibling. It's easy to overlook things like this because our blended families can be kind of chaotic. So every now and then, take notice of your kids and your partner and try to determine if they're getting what they need. And if you're not sure, simply ask them. When people are satisfied with family life, there will be less need for conflict. So you're kind of stopping an issue before it starts. And the last thing I want you to do is to create a safe space to talk in your home. And this can be a physical area if you want, but also what I mean is just in general, family members should feel safe to speak up. You may notice that the person in the home who is the one you consider the peacemaker is usually the one that people feel comfortable to open up to. That's because family members know that this person will not overreact and will help to diffuse the situation or smooth things over somehow. And then if something needs to be addressed further, you can set up a space to do so. Maybe that's a family meeting at the kitchen table. Maybe you'd like to go on a walk so you're away from the home. In any case, when problems arise, they need to be addressed as soon as possible. You don't want things to be shoved under the carpet because that builds resentment and anger. 
the peacemaker in the family can assist in any conflict that needs to be dealt with. As I said, all of those things can and should be taught to your children. Remember, they model everything you do. Wouldn't it be great if they can learn young how to create a peaceful environment, how to handle conflict calmly, and how to eventually help others do the same? Every time you handle a conflict, it's a good example for them. So behave in the manner you want them to behave. Children learn best by example. We know this. And lots of repetition. So don't be discouraged if sometimes things are handled wrong. It takes time and lots of experience to learn how to be a peacemaker. I do want to let you know that being a peacemaker does have its downsides, especially if you're like me. You can cause damage to yourself if you're not careful. See, the peacemaker wants so badly for everyone to be happy, and so sometimes we put our own wants and needs on the back burner just to please everyone else, and I am definitely guilty of this. I don't always express my wants because I'm so worried about everyone else and how they feel. And that is a fault. And it's something I'm working on. But if you don't take any of your own needs into consideration, you can end up with physical issues like stomach ulcers, migraine headaches, backaches, depression, and general unease. So you definitely need to be cautious of that. And also, Understand that sometimes, no matter how hard you try, you just can't make everyone happy. You can't please everyone. There are some people who don't want to be helped, who don't care to be peaceful. So if you feel like you're fighting a losing battle, take a step back and care about you for a bit. If you don't take care of yourself, you won't be good to anyone else. So that's it for today. I hope it gave you some insight into how I create a peaceful home environment, or at least how I try to. And like I said, it's not always perfect. So I want you to use my tips to minimize yelling and tension and to add a sense of peace in your home. If you have feedback or if you have anything to add, please go ahead and send it to me at melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Next week, we'll do those listener questions And I will also be announcing the winners of the newsletter giveaway for this month. So I hope that you all have a great week, everyone. Bye. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.